and they would throw this ginormous parade where everybody from the surrounding counties would go to. And it was a lot of fun. They had everything, you know, your classic, they'd have the tractors going by, the fire trucks, and, and everybody that we knew would go to Underwood for the parade. And we'd set up the chairs and enjoy the time. But then the highlight after the parade was going over to the home of Larry and Bev because they would throw this incredible 4th of July party every year, and it was kind of famous. They would like create flyers and send them out, and everybody that we knew from our church family and, and that area would go to Larry and Bev's house for the 4th of July. And this was a great couple, because Larry, he's the kind of guy that could fix anything. He would do anything for you if you ask. And Bev, she could cook anything uh, that, that, she, that we ever wanted. She made the best monkey bread ever. So their 4th of July celebration was, was a big deal. So that holiday meant like, yep, on the 4th, we're going to Larry and Bev's house. But the 4th of July also has this other name that we sometimes forget. It's called Independence Day, right? Sometimes we lose that half of it. But it's been an official federal holiday only since 1941. But the celebrations and even the fireworks go back to the 18th century and the American Revolution. Back on July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress voted in favor of independence from Great Britain. And then two days later, the delegates of the 13 colonies signed it and adopted the Declaration of Independence, this historic document that gave birth to us as a nation. And now it's a day set aside where, where we celebrate the birth of us as a country through our independence from the UK. So Independence Day really is about more than just fireworks and, and great barbecues and great parties. It's about the birth of our country, setting aside a day to honor that. And it's really about our identity as a country, our beginnings of our, our national identity through independence from that governing body that as one time controlled us called Great Britain. Well, as followers of Jesus, we find just the opposite to be true. Our identity is not found in independence, rather in dependence on Christ. So as our thoughts turn to Independence Day tomorrow and even this, this whole weekend, let me kind of flip the coin on that today and say that in Christ, freedom is found in surrender. Freedom is found in being dependent on Jesus as our Savior. Now, our nation's identity began with the Declaration of Independence, and, and let me make that really personal, that our identity, your identity as a Christian, is found in our Declaration of Dependence on Christ. Now, I want you to think about a, a, a light bulb for a moment. I meant to grab one, but, but I forgot, so just picture a, a light bulb for a moment. What, what does a light bulb do? Go ahead. It gives light, right? And how do you know that? Because we can screw it into the light socket, right? And we see it. it we know what it does. Its purpose is really a purpose-built item. It's made for that purpose. And its identity is made known when you attach it to the electrical source and screw it into the light bulb. Well, Thomas Edison, who designed the, the light bulb, he determined the purpose of it way back when. Now, let's say you take one of our light bulbs and you bring it back, let's say, 
just for the sake of illustration, we take it back a couple hundred years. Let's say we take it back to 1822, rural Nebraska, and we show it to the local farmer, the local rancher. Would they know what to do with it? No. Would they know what it is? No. But does that change what the light bulb is? No. Its identity and design is still the same. They just wouldn't know what to do with it. So in our lives, how do we discover our identity and our design, our purpose? Well, we got to look back to our designer, the one who made us. See, God who made us determined who we are and how we function. So today, I, I hope to shed a little light on our purpose. Get it? Shed a little light, light bulb? That's right, I'll be in the area all day. You know, our function really is determined by our Creator. So if you brought your Bibles with you today, let me encourage you or your app, open up to the beginning, and we're going to look at some verses from Genesis today. And as you do, the sermon today is a little different approach than what I typically, um, how I typically preach. Justin last week wrapped up our series from John, and next week we're starting a series on hope from the book of Isaiah. But today I want to stray from that normal approach and do a more topical or thematic uh, sermon this morning. And it's just a standalone message, just a one-off message today. But I want to look at some various scriptures. We're going to pull in some various scriptures from throughout the Bible as we develop the theme of our independence and our purpose found in Jesus Christ. Well, it starts with this, that we are created to be connected. We're created to be connected to our creator, God himself. So that identity that we have, it starts back at the beginning. Back at the beginning of, of the Bible and the beginning of humanity itself. So looking at chapter 1 of Genesis, we can read this in verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So when it talks about being created in the image and likeness of God, that means we are modeled after him. And when we are modeled after him, that means we have a mind to think, we have emotions to feel, we have a will to make decisions, we have a personality that makes each of you unique, we have a sense of morality and spirituality, and it just means that we are more than just a physical body. We're not just robots, we're not just a bunch of mass put together, and this makes us unique from all of creation. But like everything else in creation, we are dependent on the one who made us. So let's scroll forward a little bit in our Bibles and look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. When it talks about being formed, and the idea there is that a potter is taking just a lump of clay, working it, molding it, and shaping us into this beautiful work of art. Starts out as a blob and ends up with a beautiful creation, this vessel, this masterpiece. And God has specially designed us for a greater purpose and a, and a greater affection than all of the other creation that he did. 
And then I loved how it says there in that verse that he then breathed life into us. We go from lifeless to life through the life-giving breath of God. And that sustains our life, that animates us and, and brings us into existence. So our identity, your identity, is found when we go back to our source. When we are connected to our source, when we are connected to our creator. And that we're designed to reconnect, to connect to him in a relationship. You know, that light bulb that we talked about, it's designed, it's purpose-built to be connected to a light socket. It brings it to life. That's what it's made for, and it's really not much good until then. You know, and when we think about our lives, you are made to be connected to your Creator. So until that point, we're going to end up doing a lot, we're going to waste a lot of time, we're going to waste a lot of searching, a lot of our effort, when we, are, when we are disconnected. You see, God alone made and created humanity. That means all of your cells, all of your DNA, all of the atoms and molecules and protons, all of that is organized and put together and crafted and given life by our creator, God himself. And then he breathed into us this breath of life, and he formed us, and he animates us. Some of you are more animated than others, but that's how God works it. And then you've got to realize that we are purpose-built for his glory. God designed us and made us. God designed you and made you to live your life so that he gets the glory, so that we can point others to him. So do you ever have that time in your life where you struggle with those kind of big picture questions like what is my purpose what am i here for you know what's the meaning of life all of those things i think we all struggle with them from time to time but those questions are answered when we go back to our creator when we connect to him when we can look at the source and then look at his word for guidance this idea of the breath of god is also found in the new testament in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's talking about Scripture. And there it says, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful. And what's it useful for? Well, it says for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this life-giving source that God gives us, we can find in Scripture, and through that Scripture, it equips us and trains us and gets us ready for the good work that God has given us. And that's something that we can really celebrate this 4th of July. We can celebrate not just our independence as a nation, but we, are, we can celebrate who we are created to be in and through God himself. And that leads us to the second point I want to talk about this morning, is that we're not only created to be connected, but we are created to shine. We are created to shine the light of Jesus. Now, a light bulb is formed usually by glass, and then it's filled with something invisible, an energy source that we call electricity. And when that energy source uh, fills that light bulb, when it lights up that filament, it's on display for the world to see through light and through heat. And think about how God has, has made each of us kind of formed us, and then he fills us with his energy, the Holy Spirit, 
And when we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, we can then have a visible display of our faith. And through that visible display of our faith, God can be made known. We can point others to Jesus. We can let the world know who God is and what he is like. But each of us, each of you is formed in this complex and intricate way. Psalm 139 verse 14 is one of my favorite verses of all scripture because it says, the author writes, I praise you, I praise God because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that well. And we are fearfully made. And that's not, not the idea of being scary, but it's the idea of that made with reverence, made with a sense of awe and respect. Again, it's this idea of this skilled craftsman, this artisan at work, creating and crafting his specialty. That's what God says about you, that you are this incredible work of art. Uh, you might not feel like it. You might feel like, a, you know, some random piece, but God designed you for a purpose. And he then energizes us for, for his glory. He breathed into you his breath of life so that you can live your life through his power, through his, his um, Holy Spirit as a light for the world to see. So how God created you really reflects your purpose. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, what do they do? They put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this light that God has given us, when we're following Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit inside of us, and he says, let that light shine. Don't quench it, don't hide it, don't subdue it, but let it shine before other people. Why? So that God might get the glory. So that people might see God at work in you and through you and the, and the impact that he is making. You know, the, back in Bible times, they had these kind of old-fashioned lamps that were made out of clay. And it can, those clay pots contain the oil, and it displays the light, but it's a simple clay container holding the liquid with the fl flame on the end. And Scripture describes us as that kind of clay pot. You know, we, designed to contain and hold this treasure of God's glory and the Holy Spirit inside of us. So just like that picture of that, of that lamp is purpose-built, so are you. You are purpose-built to shine the light of Jesus. But that light is really dependent on our source, on Christ within us. So how do we let that light shine? How do we express his life? Well, through our surrender and obedience to him through our dependence on him. That means we're, we're walking with him every day as we follow his teachings. We're saying yes to Jesus in every aspect of our lives. We display Jesus outward as we depend on him because we are created to be dependent. But there's this proclaimer out there in the, in the world that's going to deceive us. And his name is Satan because this proclaimer says that freedom is found in independence. 
And Satan's goal is always to keep people from intimacy with God. Satan's goal is always to keep us, you know, away from a relationship with him. Because he doesn't want us expressing God's glory. He doesn't want us shedding his light on, on the world. And his goal is to keep the lost lost and the found bound up in sin. And one of his tactics that he says over and over again is that independence is the goal. That independence is where freedom lies. And so, and so we go through life with this idea of like, if I could just throw off all restraints, do my own thing, then I'm truly living my own life. And he says, well, live your lives, you know, for your own glory instead of God's. And Satan puts that idea into our heads and it wraps around our head and it holds us in bondage. That's why we can never succeed if, if he has a hold of us. You know, uh, Dunkin' Donuts has this slogan that America runs on Dunkin'. You know, America might run on Dunkin', but we are created to run on the one who made us. And the dependence that we have when we step into it, when we acknowledge it, when we live it that way, we find freedom. You know, freedom is found in surrender, which is just like this paradoxical idea. It's hard to grasp sometimes, and it seems counterintuitive. It's hard, I mean, as, it's hard to give up freedom, isn't it, when we think of it in the sense of um, restraint. It's kind of like the story about the men at the retirement center sitting around discussing their ailments one day and they're, they're drinking coffee at, you know d down in the lobby and and they realize that as they're growing older they have to give up certain freedoms and one guy says you know my arms are so weak i can hardly lift my cup of coffee and they all just kind of yeah uh, yeah that's right and the other guy says well my cataracts are so bad i can hardly see my coffee and they all like yeah yeah that's that's true Third guy says, the arthritis in my neck is so bad, I can't even turn my head to find the coffee pot. And they're like, mm, yep, yep, I get it. And then the other guy says, well, my blood pressure is, the pills are so off, I, I get dizzy and I get lightheaded and, and I pass out from time to time. And, and, you know, and the other guy says, yep, you know, it's just, that's the price we paid for, for getting old. And there's general agreement and moment of silence and one guy says well it's not all that bad at least we can still drive <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes giving up that freedom of even driving is super hard to do because it's like the last thing that we want to hang on to you know that might be a humorous story but the freedom that we're talking about is so much more than that we can give up our freedom to drive and still have freedom in Christ. You see, Satan is a deceiver. Satan is a liar. And he says freedom is found in throwing off restraints and doing what you want when you want. But Scripture says that liberation comes by giving ourselves over to the one who created us, to rest in his hands. So Journey, what do you need to surrender today? What, what area of life that have you been holding on to that you need to give over to Jesus? What habit have you been practicing or doing that is not glorifying to God? Or maybe you're in a re relationship that's not honoring God. So what, what do you need to step away from? 
What addictions does Satan have hold of you that you need to give over to Jesus? So what strongholds do you need to break through the power of Jesus in your life? Well, Scripture talks about true freedom. And what does that true freedom look like? Let me give a few kind of final thoughts today. True freedom, people have been searching it for thousands of years. Ever since Genesis chapter 3 and the fall of humanity, uh, freedom has been an issue. Because in in just the initial three chapters of Scripture, God's creation, his intent for it, is destroyed when humanity rebelled against him. And from that time forward, throughout history, that perfect freedom with God in the Garden of Eden was gone, and the long-term effects were felt both spiritually and physically. And as you read the history of the Old Testament, you see Israel time and time again being um, pulled into physical bondage, physical slavery by other nations, which was often the cause caused by their own spiritual um, disobedience by following after false gods. So God would allow other nations to control them. But time and time again, as we read that history, we see that the loving grace of God forgives his people. They would sin, fall fall into rebellion, they would be controlled by another nation, and God would forgive them repeatedly again and again. You know, today there's a lot of people living in spiritual slavery. A lot of people are still following and chasing after false gods only to realize that the only thing that they give them is a sense of emptiness and longing. Well, God's answer to this loss of freedom has always been Jesus the Christ. And when Jesus came on the scene, when he entered into humanity, when he walked on this earth, he announced who he was, that he was, is, and was the one that all of Israel was waiting for, that people have been waiting for really since the fall of humanity in Genesis chapter 3. And when Jesus began his earthly ministry, he went to a synagogue and he sat down and he was handed the role of the prophet Isaiah. And he opens up and he finds the point in in this prophet, in the scroll, and he reads these words that everybody there that day would have known is referring to the Messiah, that that he is the Messiah. So listen to what he he reads, and it's recorded for us in Luke chapter 4. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, handed to Jesus, And he unrolls it, and he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus came to free us from death, to free us from the sin that enslaves us. And that's really the core message of the gospel, that in Jesus and through Jesus, he rescues us from the slavery of sin, the sin that leads and led to death. So he frees us from the death that we deserve because of our own sins and rebellion against God. He frees us from the punishment that would have been ours, and he takes it upon himself on the cross. 
Now, yes, we still battle with sin. It's still present in the world and still fights against us at times, but we no longer have to be a slave to sin. Because in John chapter 8, Jesus said that if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. And then I love this. He says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, freedom is found in following Jesus. But another thing about true freedom is that God gives us the choice to choose our own path. You know, like I said earlier, God created human, not robots, so he gives us this thing called free will to accept or to reject his salvation. I'm going to invite the praise team back up and and, and as they do, you know, journey from cover to cover, from beginning to end, the Bible is this unified story that points us to Jesus, to freedom in Christ. But God doesn't leave us wondering about how to grab hold of this freedom that he offers. You know, here's how we do it. One, we acknowledge our brokenness. We had admit that yes there has been sin in our lives and then we make that choice to say yes to jesus to follow him daily every day we display that decision we we display that new life through the waters of baptism and then we live our lives as a disciple following the teachings of jesus following the commands each day to go and make other disciples so journey let me say today happy dependence day Happy Dependence Day on Jesus as our Savior. Because freedom is not found in independence. It's found in dependence on Jesus. Because he's the only one that can break the bonds of slavery of, to sin. He's the only one that can bring us true freedom, both now and forever. So journey, freedom is found in our surrender to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you that you give us freedom, that we can celebrate that freedom today in and through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray for each person in the room today that they can come to the point of discovering and living and walking in that freedom that only you can give. So, Father, we thank you that you have made that possible through Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we worship.